Good morning. <laughs> My name is Marissa. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. We're so glad you're here with us this morning. Those of you who know our motto, help us out. No matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. If you are a first-time guest with us today, please be sure to pick up one of our brochures, or you can always go to our website, recreatechurch.org. If you are uh, believe in what we are doing and you want to make a contribu uh, contribution to support the work, you can drop it in those tall wooden boxes. There's one by the door and one by the hospitality area. This is also where you can drop your connection cards, prayer requests, or anything else you want to get to us. You can also give online through the Tithely app. If you miss a Sunday or want to share a message with a friend, uh, the Recreate Church podcast can be found on just about any app for streaming audio, or you can search us on Google. Um, our Bible study in Daniel begins July 12th. The sign-up sheets are at the welcome desk. Uh, our next movie night is July 21st. We will be showing Overcomer. Today, Pastor Michael is teaching from the Gospel of Mark on how faith makes all things possible. Before I turn it over to him, I want to pray for us. Lord, we believe in your power to transform lives. Please increase our faith. Please open our hearts to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Marissa. All right, so welcome and we are so glad to have Billy Honeycutt back with us. We sent Billy Honeycutt as a missionary to Peru. He is our missionary. Laid hands on him and prayed. He is going to... Oh, sorry, Billy. I'm just going to hit you with a microphone stand. <laughs> so, um, he, he had a few adventures. He's going to tell you about more at length on the 24th, but I kind of wanted to give him a chance to say a few things this morning. So, Billy, tell us what you need to tell us. Okay. I'm back. <laughs> I went through the storm. <laughs> no, I, I, I just had an adventure of a lifetime. And, and all that I got to do, all I got to see, the people I got to inter, intertwine with, the lives I got to pour into, the lives that poured into me. Um, for some reason... An old man can sit down and kids, young men come up and just want to, I think they feel sorry for me and they're trying to teach me how to speak a Spanish and I, I challenge those boys and, um, but they, for some reason, every time that would happen, a group, they'd have a big bunch out there playing soccer and I, they'd all start gathering around and I, I would make sure that they knew Jesus before they left some way and we use we use cell phones to communicate sometimes those translator things are pretty neat they if there was one thing they had in, in Trujillo, Trujillo um, uh, they had cell phones and for some I, that one night I said I, I'm gonna think I'm gonna go and look on marketplace Facebook marketplace and I Thought, well, maybe I can find me a kayak down here, you know, like I'm going to be able to bring it back. Well, I could have bought all the all the cell phones. Now, let me just tell you, if you have a cell phone and you lay it down and you and you walk away from it, 
everybody thinks that you laid it there for them. So it might not be there when you get back, but they're justified because you left it there because you want someone else to have it. But when you go on Facebook, you can get all the cell phones you want. And, and, they're, and they're cheap, you know. They're slightly used. And they might, in fact, if you really wanted to, you could probably leave yours laying and then go on Facebook and buy it back. You know, it, it would be really neat to do that. But anyway, what I'm really saying is that the culture is different. People are the same. Everybody needs Jesus. And it's amazing how far a little old lady will walk just to come and fellowship and hear about Jesus. We had people that were walking an hour, hour and a half just to spend a couple hours on our campus. And, and it was tough walking. We, we were on the, in a desert type conditions. There was no rain hardly. Not all the houses had roofs on them and things like that. But still, people came out. Kids came out from all over. You'd see them coming down the little hillsides and stuff when they were, we were going to go have a meeting. And there would be like, I mean, like 50 or 60 kids coming just, just to sit and have fun together and learn about Jesus. They would come and do devotionals and, and stuff like that, uh, do their homework. It's amazing the opportunities that you have, but the desire of people to come. And it costs them everything. And um, and I was just, I felt a privilege. I was prayed for. I was prayed up. And there was times when things didn't turn out exactly the way I thought it should. But I, I would go and pray about it. And God would say, okay, you know, this is my trip. This is not your trip. And so I, I learned more about that than anything else. Things that don't do turn out always the way I think they should. But they always turn out the way God thinks they should. And so, um, besides a little sickness and a little getting a little airborne in one of those big vans and, and hitting a crater and realize that you can die just riding with somebody in a van because there's no laws for the road. There's... I I thought about Duncan as we you understand there's a point A and you just are, everybody's trying to get to point A first. The roads are dirt. There's no room to pass or anything. That doesn't matter. There there's no such thing as is is the speed limit. There are speed bumps in the middle of the road. That's the only speed limit there was. You can you can hit those babies as hard as you want to, but no one does because you will go airborne. Little motorcycles and little scooters and little carts and, and cars and vans and buses, everybody is rushing to get just a little in front of somebody else. You come up to an intersection, you don't slow down, you blow the horn. It don't matter if there's buildings all the way around here and you can't see what's coming. You just blow the horn before you get there and then go. You stop, you lose. You're a loser. 
You know, because you can't, you can't get going again because nobody's going to let you jump in front of them. You've got to put the nose in there and pray. And so we had a professional driver that drove us around. So, and boy, he was good. But anyway, I thank you for all your prayers. Uh, I just want you to know that it was a blessing. And I thought about you constantly. Because I really feel like your missionary. And I know God used me for his glory. And, um, and he brought me back home safely. And uh, with many tales to tell. So thank you. Thank you so much, Billy. So, so much. And that's the way we feel about it, that you're our missionary. So, so. We, uh, next, uh, that's your preview for the 24th. Come back and you're going to hear all about it. Well, it's raining out. I don't like rain. But you know what I do like? Taters. And taters like rain. I like tomatoes. I like potatoes. And they like rain. So this is a good little reminder that we don't like it when it's rainy. There's always going to be circumstances we don't like, but God takes them and he turns them to good. And he's right now turning this rain that I don't like into starchy, delicious, underground tubers. You boil them, you mash them, you stick them in a stew. I love potatoes. And you know what else I love? I love this story I'm about to tell you. I get to talk to you from one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. It's one that is so dear to my heart, but a lot of people haven't heard it. I'm, I'm real pumped up about it. This man in the story was, was very real about his struggles. He did believe in God. He believed in the power of Jesus. But, I mean, he, he had faith. He just didn't have enough faith for what he was facing. I've felt that way. Have you felt that way? It's like, Lord, I do believe. It's just, I think I believe about this much. And this thing that I'm facing is, is about this much. Faith is just not big enough, not tall enough. My faith needs to grow. And uh, he, he wanted to believe the Lord could speak transformation into his situation. He wanted to believe it, but he was struggling with doubt. And I feel that. And we're going to see. That the question isn't about God's might. It's about faith's height. May the Lord increase the height of our faith. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord in Jesus' name, please speak to us now. We, we desperately need the gift of faith to believe in you for bigger things. Lord, I pray that you'll grow us in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So this story takes place just after the disciples, Peter, James, and John, went up on that mountain with Jesus and they got a little glimpse of the glory. We talked about that last week. Jesus was revealed for a moment as he really, really is. You see, Jesus, as he walked the earth as a man, they, he just looked like a regular guy. But in this event they called the transfiguration, it's like the curtain was drawn back for a moment and got to see the glory of Jesus as he really is. And what did we see last week? That if you get a glimpse of the glory, you'll share his story. You cannot help it. So Jesus 
and the three disciples come back and they're looking for the other nine disciples. Three plus nine equals 12. And they find these guys and they're in the middle of a big old argument. They're arguing in the middle of a crowd with some religious leaders. Have you noticed how many times in the Gospels that Jesus and his disciples are arguing with the religious establishment? If you have ever felt uh, frustrated or have ever ex had negative experiences with religious people, well, you're in good company. Jesus did too. This time it was the scribes. The scribes. Now they had a special job. You see, this was a thousand years before the printing press. Every single copy of every single book had to be written by hand. And the scribes had the jobs of making copies of the Old Testament. And they took it so seriously. They would write under very specific conditions. And they would copy one letter at a time. They did not trust their memory to copy two letters at a time, let alone a whole word. One letter at a time they copied every single word of the old testament and every letter had to be a certain size and a certain spacing and if they messed up anything do you know what they did with that copy of the scripture there wasn't no backspace button there was no white out and you didn't erase this ink they scrapped that copy and burned it and started completely over now how's that for pressure how's that for perfectionism some of y'all are perfectionists. Would you do that? Would you start completely over? Well, they did. And partly because God used their efforts and preserved the scriptures in a miraculous way. When we open our Bibles, we can be sure that we have something that is reliable, that is true, that it's not just a copy of a copy of a copy like you're on a Xerox machine and the copy's degraded. No, we have something that was painstakingly copied. So I'm thankful for these scribes. Now, the scribes, because they were so familiar with the scriptures, they were often looked at as experts. So people would get their opinions. So what does this mean? Because they copied it. They read it all the time. People would say, well, what's your opinion? They would even write books on it. This is the part they weren't as good about. They were super good with the copying part, not as good with the interpretation part, because time and again, we see these guys, the scribes, and they know the letter of God's law, but they don't know the spirit of God's law. They knew a very legalistic way to apply it, but they could not see the heart that Jesus was getting at. So the, the crowd sees Jesus coming to come bust up this argument, and the crowd goes running towards Jesus. They want to hear what Jesus has to say. Jesus does not speak to the crowd. He keeps walking and goes directly to the scribes. How would you feel if you were one of those scribes? Like, oh gosh, here he comes. And he asked them, what are you discussing with my disciples? They did not answer. A guy out of the crowd answers. And he says this. Let's look at Mark chapter 9, verses 17 and 18. Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought my son who has a mute spirit, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at the mouth, and he gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. We have this child, this little boy, who's having terrible seizures caused by an evil spirit. Evil spirits are not something we're comfortable talking about in our culture, in other countries, in other cultures. That's like a daily thing they talk about. We don't talk about it. We don't like to think about the idea that there are evil forces out there that are behind things, but we look around the world and we see 
evil, don't we? We see people who do awful things and horrible things. And even in our culture that does not acknowledge what's really behind it, we can see there's something more. If there's that much evil, there's a greater evil behind it. And that evil is out to destroy. And it's out to destroy kids. The devil likes to target kids. The devil was targeting this particular child, and we don't know why, but he was targeting this child to destroy him. Understand, the devil wants to destroy children. This whole generation, every generation. He sought to destroy my generation. And it worked for a lot of them. A lot of my old buddies are under the dirt right now. I've preached funerals for people that I grew up with. Partly because the, the devil got a hold of them so much that they destroyed their bodies with addiction and were never able to get free from it. And that kills my heart. And now I see my kids coming up in this next generation. The devil seems to want to destroy that generation even more than he did mine. And it's working far too well. we got to pray for our kids. Even if you haven't got kids, pray for the kids you know. And pray for the kids that are out there. We're going to learn in a moment that this evil spirit tried to destroy this child by throwing him in water and throwing him in fire. And if you get thrown in a fire, you're going to have burn scars. He's going to be scarred. And he has got this terrible seizure disorder that is caused by this evil spirit. So this young man is probably made to feel like an outcast. He's got scars. He's got wounds. He's got this thing that takes him over and he probably feels like an outcast. And I don't know if you're paying attention in the world, but there's a whole generation of kids who, who feel like an outcast. Feel like they don't belong. But let me tell you, this kid had something going for him. He had a daddy who would bring him to Jesus. That's a powerful thing. Do not underestimate the power of bringing your kids to the Lord, even if it doesn't seem like it's working at the moment. So this man brought his son, hoping to find Jesus, but he didn't find Jesus. He found the nine disciples that were hanging around waiting for Jesus and the three disciples to get back. He came to him. He begged for a miracle. But could the other nine disciples do the miracle? They could not. Jesus is deeply bothered by this. Look at verse 19. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Now, I know Jesus, we see him as this uh, a very gentle person, but he's obviously frustrated here. Jesus got frustrated. And what is he frustrated at? Because they don't have what? Faith. They don't have faith. Faith is the thing that is missing. Faith is the thing they needed. But faith is the thing they did not have. The question is not God's might. It's not can God do it. It's faith's height. Will we trust him for it? Jesus asked him to bring the boy forward. And, and at that moment, the evil spirit seized the child and he fell down on the ground and he's having a seizure he's foaming at the mouth and jesus asked his dad how long has this been happening and the dad says his whole life it's always been like this and verse 22 he gives some details here and often he's had thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him catch this next line but if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us if you can do 
anything. I think I've said that to God before. God, can you do something for me now? Can you step into this situation? If, if you can, if you can. Jesus sees us on this word if, and he kind of turns it around. The man says, if you can help. Look what Jesus says in verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can, what's the word? If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now that sounds like one of those like phrases you put on like a mug or a t-shirt or like a plaque on the wall that sounds real quaint. If you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. But it's right out of the mouth of Jesus. And I don't think we can ignore that. And I don't think we can relegate that to a coffee mug or one of them inspirational desk calendar things. I never remember to turn the day on those. Thank you for anyone in this room who's ever given me a calendar. I thank you for that. I just will. It's probably still on May. Sorry. Sorry. That's, that's a weakness of mine is not keeping up the calendar. Uh, the real question isn't if Jesus can help. It's if we can believe Jesus's power to speak transformation into the situation that was not in question. It's not God's might. This is kind of the phrase I want you to take home. I think I got it. got this. It's not God's might. It's faith's height. The question is not God's might. The question is faith's height. That is what limits so often what we receive from the Lord. It's our inability to believe or trust. We have enough faith to wish for help, but not enough faith to wait for help. Jesus said, all things are possible to him who believes. Do you believe that? Is that true? Is it true? We're like kind of careful about that because we don't want to commit ourselves to, well, well, I can't just believe for anything. And you know, you're, you're right. You do need to believe in something that Jesus has actually said, you can't like go to bed tonight desperately believing for a million dollars. So Lord, I believe that you're going to give me a million dollars and wake up in the morning and your pillow is all lumpy because it's full of hundred dollar bills. Said, Lord, I think this is two million. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, I don't think it works that way. Now, God can do anything. You know, God can do anything. One time, I went to put gas in my car, checked the bank account before I went to put, you ever been in that shape, that you check your bank account on the way to the gas station? Been there. Check it. Got the money in there. Pump the gas. Walk in. Swipe. And then, things are so much better now, praise Jesus, but for so many years, it's always that swipe and anticipate, like, is it gonna? Is it gonna? Yes. Did not. It didn't go that day. It's like, Lord, I know I got $20. And the lady at the cash register, she's like, well, we can take your information. She's very cool about it. And I just, I drove home and said, Lord, you got to provide, you got to provide. And I wrote, rolled in there, opened the mailbox, and there's a refund for a medical bill. Thank you, Jesus. He does provide. He will provide. He, and he can provide money for you. I've seen it. But look, Believing the Lord is not the same as as wishing on a star, okay? It's standing on a word. Standing on the promises of God. If you've got a promise from the word of God, you can stand on that. If you've got something that is confirmed by the Lord in some way, you can stand on that. 
seek God, read his word, pray, listen for his voice because he is talking. I have a feeling that God's trying to talk to me all the time, but I need to clean out my ears. Anyone else feel that way? Listen for his voice and he will give you a word to stand on. Pray, seek his will. Man, I, I had something weighing on me so heavily over the last couple of weeks. Says God, I just want to know your will. I want to know your will. I want to know your will. And it took like two weeks of being kind of miserable over it. But then I got it and he made it plain. And uh, and it's, you know, it's the excitement. Part of it is the excitement for this church. All right. I feel like I got a word for this church, you know, not like one of those like real spooky ways. Like I have a word for you more like just, hey, God says, yep, keep on doing it, brother. Keep on keeping on. That's your word. Keep on keeping on and don't give up. You got work to do. Listen. God, Jesus said all things are possible. Faith makes all things possible. But it doesn't make all things easy or automatic. We like the idea that God would make, that faith would make all things easy. Even the most faithful people will eventually run into a mountain that looks too big to move. Got any carpenters in the house? Anybody like to drive nails? All right, yeah. Even the carpenter with the biggest hammer can't drive a railroad spike with that hammer. Well, maybe you can. Some of y'all could. Eventually, the guy with the biggest hammer meets a nail he can't drive. The hammer's not big enough. It's not that you don't have the hammer. It's just the hammer's not big enough. In our faith, it may not be that you don't have faith. It's just it's not big enough to handle this thing that is in front of you. And what do we do when we meet something that is bigger than our faith? The only sensible thing to do is respond like this guy did. Verse 24, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. It's kind of a weird one for a favorite verse, but it, it feels real to me. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You see that? Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You got belief and unbelief in the same guy. Faith and doubt coexisting in the same space. Now, sometimes we talk about faith and doubt like it's a light switch. We just like flip the switch on. Hey, faith. Switch it, switch it off. Boop. No faith. Like it's an off or on thing. But it's a lot more like a dimmer switch. That kind of dial it up and it's brighter sometimes and it's less sometimes. And sometimes your faith is dialed down so low it's not gone but it's hardly producing any light and then sometimes your faith is dialed up way high and it's like hey i'll trust god with anything i'll trust god and and i'll pick up this car and move it you know but most of the time it's somewhere in between it's like god i believe you but i don't know if i believe you enough and that's where he's at this man had some faith didn't he he had faith because he came looking for help he asked for a miraculous healing. That takes faith. But he didn't have enough faith to be sure it was going to happen. The disciples, they had faith, didn't they? How do we know the disciples had some faith? Because they tried. They gave it a shot. They tried to work a miracle. They didn't have enough faith for the miracle, but they had some. See, even, even spiritual leaders struggle with faith. Uh, it's not lost on me that a a church rarely rises beyond the faith of its leadership. And, you know, hey, I've had my struggles with faith for sure. 
It's a tough gig being a church planter. It takes a lot of faith. I told somebody last week we started with nothing and we still got most of it. But we didn't start with nothing. We had the promises of God. Let me tell you something. Listen, 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 listen close. Lean in just a second. Like metaphorically. Thank you, Janiah. 80% of church plants don't make it five years. 80%. 80%. On October 22nd of this year, Recreate Church is having a birthday. Do you know how old Recreate Church will be? I hear, I hear whispers. Say it. Six years. Six years. You've already beat the odds, folks. Six years old. We've already beat the odds. Pray, that's worth celebrating. Hey, we can clap a little bit for that. You know, we can say praise God for that. Six years. Praise God. Is it because we're so awesome? No, it's because God is. We've got to hold on to the faith. We aren't done yet. We've got faith to get this far, but there's so much more to do. I am absolutely convinced, and this is one of the things the Lord has convinced me of lately, is that we have only seen and experienced and accomplished a tiny, tiny fraction of what God has for Recreate Church to do. We, we started very small. We started with 20 people crammed into a living room, and then 30 people crammed into a little conference room over at the hotel. Tony was one of the guys that checked us in. He was there from the beginning, man. He's jumping in playing bass with us today. Um, we went to the high school, and we didn't have, we had nothing, had no money, no equipment. Everything we used was borrowed down to the last extension cord and the last microphone, and God, we trusted God, and he provided, and I praise God for the folks in this room who've helped, and um, I'll never forget how Josh and Marissa stayed late pretty much every Sunday to help me pack that up. We got good at packing that trailer, didn't we, Josh? It's like playing Tetris, packing all that stuff in the back of a trailer. And God blessed us, and we were able to get this space, which I love. And we were here for like a year, and then COVID came. And then we went outside in the parking lot, trust God out there, and put up our little tabernacle out here. That's, that's the tent. It's the tent thing. It's a garage in a box. But it's our tabernacle. We worship the Lord under it. And we reached some people out in that parking lot that we would not have otherwise reached. Man, have you been to the grocery store lately? When you walk out of food line, you need somebody praying for you because you've just spent too much. We got, got to share the gospel with food line and family dollar and Taco Bell and the vape store and the laundromat. All these people heard about Jesus. We probably need to get back out in that parking lot because this town needs Jesus. God is good. Hey, we got to come back inside, and that was nice because I love this comfortable space. We have intentionally designed this space for comfort. Have you ever been to another church service where they have armchairs? Man, it's not too bad. I like these armchairs. It's nice. But we want it to feel like a welcoming living room. When we say welcome, one, and loved, we mean it. We do want to create a little bit of discomfort, but not that kind of discomfort, not environmental or social discomfort. We want the only discomfort you experience is because God's dealing with your heart and making you face some stuff that needs to be dealt with. And that's a fact because every one of us walked in here with some baggage that we need to leave before we walk out. That is the good kind of discomfort as God is growing us and transforming us. Comfortable is good in an environment. 
but it's bad when it becomes complacency. Man, we've been so blessed here. We have been blessed here. But there are things God has for us in our future that we, we won't be able to accomplish in this building. So we need to be praying the Lord will provide a space for us that's got some more room, especially for our kids' ministry. we got a great kids' ministry, and these kids are doing fantastic, but we need more than one big room for our kids. We need that. Pray the Lord will provide. I don't know what that looks like. I really don't. I don't know what that answer is, but I know the Lord has got it, and we need to pray for it. We've got to trust God with the next step, even when we don't know what the next step looks like. So I am saying, and I hope you'll say with me, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. See, faith, faith is more than a warm, fuzzy, spiritual feeling. Because that warm, fuzzy feeling is good, man. It's nice to come in here and we get all pumped up. and It's like, ah, oh, yeah. It was great today. The music sounded fantastic. I got to see people. I even... Got like a muffin over here and some coffee, and it was good coffee. That's all nice, but then we got to walk out these doors, and we got to live. And the warm and fuzzy will not sustain you when you go out these doors. you got to have something deeper than that. Faith is a choice to trust God even when you can't see how it's going to work, even when the warm and the fuzzies is worn off. Faith means being led by insight rather than eyesight. But that gets us back to the same place, doesn't it? How do we face something... That's bigger than our current level of faith. When our faith is this tall and the, the, the roller coaster of life's, life says you've got to be this tall to ride, how do we get there? Well, what did the man in the story do? He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief, which is another way to say, Lord, make my faith bigger. Make my faith taller. We need to start with what we do believe and ask God to help with what we don't have faith for. To increase its height. Lord, I believe you are the provider. Please help me believe you will provide for my needs and my family. Lord, I believe you set people free from addictions and anxiety and depression and darkness. Please help me believe you will do that for me and the people I care about. Lord, I believe you can speak transformation into my situation. Please help me believe you will show up for me. Lord, I believe you bring good out of bad. Please help me believe you will bring good out of the bad that I'm going through. That's the tough part. We all say, does God bring good out of bad? Yeah. What about the bad that you're in right now? Lord, I believe you're the healer. Please help me believe you will bring healing to bodies and souls and hearts and minds. Lord, I believe you break people's chains. Please help me believe you will set my family free. Lord, I believe you will restore what is broken. Please help me believe you will reconcile the broken relationships around me. Lord, I believe you have a purpose for me, a purpose for every single human life. So I pray you, you'll help me believe that you'll lead me. This man cried out, Lord, I believe. Please help my unbelief. The situation seemed so impossible. The doctors couldn't help. The disciples couldn't help. But Jesus, he could help. He commanded the evil spirit to leave the child and the, child, the, the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and everyone said, oh no, he's dead. But Jesus picked him up and said, nope, he's not dead. He is healed. And the father embraced his son for the very first time with, with no seizures, with no nothing, and just got to hold his little boy. The disciples asked Jesus later on, after they got away from the cheering crowd, they said, Lord, why couldn't we do it? And his answer was, 
This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, is it, is it, there's not a magic in going hungry and praying necessarily. It's, it's not that. It's not the act. It's where it comes from. It's the building of faith. It's focusing you on God and his priorities. And that is what needed to happen. Look, I know that not every prayer will be answered the way we want it to be answered. Sometimes the miracle is the positive transformation that comes from not getting what we asked for in the first place and, and getting this other thing that God wants more. This much I know that my Lord Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. I cannot explain that away. Again and again, the Gospels show us how Jesus responded to faith. Again and again. We see that faith makes a difference. We see that God is waiting on our faith. How many good things have we missed out on because we couldn't trust God for them? I'm sure in my life I've missed out on some stuff. I'm sure. So what do you need? What are you facing today? What is the thing that is bigger than your faith? That your faith is this big and the thing is bigger. What are you praying for? What is the struggle? What is the brokenness? What is the need? Believe God for it. And if you're believing God for it, and it's not enough, just say what this man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to show you what I'm praying for. I'm praying for my church, for our church. I'm, oh man, it's like, it's like the Lord has got a hold of me and given me a new excitement. I hope it's going to rub off on y'all because you're going to keep hearing it. Eventually it'll rub off on you. It's kind of like when you pick up someone's accent when you've been around them long enough. I hope it rubs off on you a little bit because, listen, I'm praying, I'm praying that by our church's birthday, we're going to see God moving in some ways that we can't explain. I don't want to be a part of something that can be explained by human ability or human cleverness or human effort. I want to be a part of something where human beings did all they could, but God did so much more. I want to be a part of that, and I believe that's what God is calling us to do. So I'm praying that God will pull us together and he'll bring everyone who's supposed to be on this team. And great things will be set in motion. And I have no idea how this thing is going to look by October 22nd. But I pray it is evident that the Lord is at work. I want to believe it. I'm still saying to the Lord a little bit, help my unbelief. I believe it. Help my unbelief. Make that up. Take that dimmer switch and crank it on up. Real good and high. Whatever you are facing today. Let's take it to the Lord right now in prayer because we need this. We need what the Lord can give and he's waiting on our faith. He works in response to faith. The scriptures show us. So let's, let's pray now. Almighty God, the question is not your might. It's our faith's height. And everybody in this room has things that are bigger than their faith that they're dealing with now or will be soon. So Lord, we give them to you. We give you our 
impossible things. The walls that are too high, the battles that are too big, the brokenness that is too broken, the needs that are too big. Lord, we believe. Please help our unbelief. I want to pray and lift up every single family who is here represented in this room and every person listening to this recording as it goes out later. Lord, I pray that you would give them the faith that they need to face what is in front of them for your glory, Lord. And I pray as Recreate Church that you will pull us together to chase this purpose that you've given us to be a, a church that's a community of life and love leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Lord, that's all we want. We want people to get closer to Jesus. And if we can do that, Lord, everything else will take care of itself. God, thank you so much for your love and goodness and for these people you brought together today. I pray you'll bless them, that you'll lead them, and you'll be glorified in them. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen and amen. Thank you guys for joining us on this rainy Sunday. It's been a blessing to be with you. And I hope next week you guys come back and uh, Duncan's going to be bringing the message next week. He's going to do a fantastic job as my family and I are away. God bless you all. I can't wait to come back and see you on the 24th. Catch you later. <laughs>